and welcome to the Open Dreams podcast. My name is Abongdo Malu Entitus. I am an Open Dreams scholar and a host at the Open Dreams podcast. To give you a brief rundown of what the Open Dreams podcast is once more, it's a collaborative series that brings together change makers and impact creators within and without the Open Dreams community to share the stories of the work that they are doing on ground in the community and the impact that they are creating uh, uh, in an effort to raise awareness as well as raise support um, and information about the work that they are doing. And in today's episode, we are glad to have a very prolific and proficient medical personnel who has a plethora of experience under her sleeves um, when it comes to uh, gender-based violence, when it comes to uh, maternal and neonatal mortality. And she is no other person uh, than Dr. Guanyama Nuela. Dr. Guanyama Nuela, welcome, and we are glad to have you on today's episode of the Open Dreams podcast. Thank you very much, thank you for having me and Open Dream. It's my pleasure to be here. Amazing. So let me give a brief, a brief introduction of you, and then you're going to go ahead and do it properly. So Dr. Nuela is uh, a medical doctor and the founder and president of Talk Pregnancy with Dr. Nuela, which is not only just a YouTube channel and a YouTube program, but way more than that. She is a gender-based violence expert, as well as, you know, a, a female and more fellow in 2022. So, you know, that's just to summarize the fact that she has quite some accolades when it comes to the medical profession and the medical career. So, Dr. Noela, please tell us more about yourself so that we can get to familiarize, our, uh, familiarize with, with your work and, and the impact that you're currently creating um, in Cameroon right now. Okay, thank you once more again for having me on this platform. It's a very prestigious platform and I'm glad to be here to talk about myself and the work I have been doing. I am Dr. Nguayama Nyela, a medical doctor with over four years of experience dealing with mother and child health. I'm also the founder and president of Talk Pregnancy with Dr. Nyela, which is a non-profit organization which aims to decrease maternal and neonatal mortality and improve on the sexual and reproductive health rights of youth and adolescents. Mm -hmm. So through these organizations, I've been able to reach out to over thousands of women and children. And uh, my passion stems from my professional experience and my personal experience um, as a mother where I almost lost the life of my baby. I almost lost my baby, but due to prompt and quality interventions, we were safe. So I saw this as an opportunity to give out to the community through this top pregnancy with Dr. Nela. I'm also a trained gender-based advocate and mm -hmm. also a case management uh, gender-based expert. Yeah. With regards to the female and more fellow Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. And Absolutely. with regards to the female and it's a, a training where they, they, they empower women in Africa mm -hmm. to 
to actually build on their self-esteem and also be um also be great leaders in every environment where they find themselves in. Right. That's that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So and I, I was I was taking a brief look at the um the talk pregnancy with Dr. Noella YouTube platform and, and I saw that you had videos with hundreds of thousands of views um with, with over you know thousands of subscribers over there. So I mean I have a YouTube uh, channel, but we are you know doubling around one thousand five hundred to two thousand subscribers. So the impact of, of the work that you're doing over at, at Talk Pregnancy with Dr. Noella the organization is, is really amazing and it can be reflected by the numbers that we, we see um, on the YouTube videos. So I think that is the main channel that you're using to, to really promote the impact of your work out there to a broader audience. And I'd like, us, I'd like you to tell us a little bit more um, about some of the greatest impact stories that you've been able to, to encounter or to create um, through the organization in the past couple of years or, or more. Yeah. Through this um, YouTube channel, it talks more about pregnancy and women-related health issues. We know pregnancy is a very complex issue, a very a situation which needs a lot of care. And women, too, uh, need, to, they need to take care of their health. And through this channel, we have successful stories and where we have been able to actually target is breaking the need about cesarean section and helping women have a mastery of their menstrual cycles because there are a lot of misconceptions about those areas. And through this, especially with the cesarean sections, there are a lot of misconceptions where every woman, when they are pregnant, they always have this idea of delivering as the Hebrew woman, the Hebrew as delivered as a Hebrew woman. But having a C-section is like you have a scar and you are weak to push. You will not be, um, you will not um, carry out. Maybe you have to go to the beach and you have a scar on your body, and you will not be able to have that social gathering, especially in that area. So we are able to reach out to a lot of women who we who we have had feedback from, especially with misconceptions about cesarean section. One of the most common is this is where women usually think of the fact that once they have a cesarean section, that means all their deliveries will be by cesarean section. That is one of the most common misconceptions and which is not true. Then going to the menstrual cycle, where I had a lot of questions about this and I discovered that many women don't have a mastery of this. And I always say to them that you can prevent unwanted pregnancies by all costs, even in cases of rape, because you can do it depending on your menstrual cycle. So through this, I had a lot of questions, a lot of women asking me about this. Until I had to even come up with and a classes, an online classes where we educated over 150 women about their menstrual cycle. And I think I had positive feedback from that. Because having a mastery of this, you can be able to help yourself prevent yourself from unwanted pregnancy and maybe even using the contraceptive methods, especially for the emergency contraceptive methods. Know your menstrual period, you can prevent yourself first 
from unwanted pregnancies. So through and yeah let's let's let me let me walk there for a little bit and let's roll back uh to the c-section because this this for me is like a good learning point i i've not had quite uh some exposure and knowledge on this and i think that that's that's something that the the educational system maybe here in cameroon and in most parts of africa is is really lacking out on you know disseminating education on subjects such as this because it's absolutely important what I think that that the educational system really does is touch very shallowly on, on issues like this. So talking about C-sections, um, what are there any major side effects? Because I know this is one of the areas of work that you've really, really um, you know, intensified on, and you you have um quite some impact stories in this area. So are there any major side effects of you know a woman um putting to bed through a, a specified C-section? Okay. We have to know the first thing is that a C-section is a major surgical operation, which it has its normal complications as a, a as a, a major surgery. Where we will not talk about that one because going through any surgery, we have to think of the complications as as well. But doing a cesarean section, there are two things to save the life of the mother and to save the life of the baby. Those are the two main things we go in for it. And the major side effect is for the surgical part. But where women even think about is not even about the surgery per se. It's about their own perception, their own about the social norms, the societal conception about them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that's the main thing they think of. Yeah. So with the particular section, what I'll even say is the the complications will be thinking about or the misconception. Let me call it as that because the thing that with a you know you will not have the number of children you want to have because they'll say. What uh, if I've been operated once or two times? Neither I need to have only one child, two two children, or just three. But I think you can even go up to five children with a cesarean section. So it's important they know about this, and those the and depending on the 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 how severe the last operation was. But that's why there's always something. Once you have a cesarean section, before you take in or before you want to deliver for the next session, you must see a medical doctor, a gynecologist. You need to visit them. They have to follow you up and tell you that, okay, with this one, this should be the last. They'll tell you why maybe there was a complication before. But if you had no complication, they can say, okay, you can go in for the next one. So you need close follow up if you have a cesarean section. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, th- I think you answered that very succinctly and um, hopefully the, the listeners have actually learned something from that particular segment. Um, that is something that I think that maybe the educational system in Cameroon should in- integrate more um, education, at least at the, the secondary level or the higher level um, concerning issues like this and maybe even connect students to professionals so that they'll be able to get the help that they need and, and the information that they need. Open dreams, the best place of dreams. Open dreams, the best place to be.
Let's roll forward to to one of the programs that was launched within the Open Dreams Network, and it is the Aviva Women in Science Fund. Um, I would like you to tell us a bit about the background of this particular fund, um, as well as the aim. Uh, you know, tell us like the story of, of mm-hmm. Aviva Women in Science Fund, how it came about, uh, the aim of this fund, and the impact that's been able to create in the time that it's been existing. So the, the Aviva Women in Science Fund is actually a great project under the Open Dream. And as it came about through the, the story of Aviva Lilia Kuber, who is the daughter of one of the co-founders, that's Christina and Hans Kuber, they, who are the co-founders of Open Dream. So our dear Aviva Lilia died at a very young age due to a very rare heart disease, which baffled many doctors. and. Sadly, this actually occurs in an area where we think that they are the best, where they have the best medical doctors, best technology, present, best management of yeah, yeah. any kind of case. The irony. So, yeah, even yeah, that's the irony behind it. And the actual cause and even the treatment was not actually identified before Aviva actually died. So Christina and Hans. With uh, having in with the heavy heart, losing that kind of losing their baby at that tender age, and with a cause not really known, so it's something to put in place to see how they can go ahead with the with memories of Aviva to actually help other women or children out there who suffer this kind of diseases and how it can be, it can be prevented. So through this, Aviva Day has been celebrated every December in the Open Dream community where we visit neonatal units and share the burden with the women, telling them that we care and we love them and we know what they are going through. So it has been used to actually promote neonatal health, maternal health, sexual and reproductive health rights, and also research in science. Because maybe through this research, we might actually discover something new which might help other children out there not to suffer this kind of situation. So with this, we have reached out to many women, many children, and through community engagement activities, we have reached out to the community to sensitize them about neonatal health, maternal health, sexual and reproductive health. And through this fund, we have been able to have our first scholar, which is something amazing. She is a medical doctor, a medical student, the fifth year at the University of Bermuda, who received a full scholarship to continue her medical studies up to, to the end of her medical studies in Cameroon. Wow. So with this, I think we have impact in the life of this of this student and we have created other impacts in the lives of women and children yeah yeah absolutely i i had the opportunity to attend the recent aviva day celebration in in bamenda um in in december last year and what i could really observe is that the aviva women in science fund 
is more than just really recognizing and giving some value and some attention to neonatal issues uh, and promoting awareness in this particular area. It really has a ripple effect that spans not only uh, to create impact in the lives of the families that the families whose children or whose babies um, have some neonatal issues, but equally in, in the communities. And, and so the, the fact that the a scholar was awarded or a student was awarded with a scholarship to enable them, you know, accelerate their medical career and really delve into uh, into neonatal issues really creates, you know, shows some level of, of, of ripple effect and, and impact that can cannot really even be measured if we want to really take a close look at it. And so it is quite interesting really to see that the, the current infant mortality rate in Cameroon as of, as of 2023 is 54 deaths per every thousand live births, right? And that is a decline. That's like a 2.59% decline from 2022. So it, it's it's good. It's good. It's good that this is happening. So what is what is your assessment of this? Although this is a decline, it's still a significantly high figure. So what do you think are some of the main factors that are influencing um, infant mortality rate in Cameroon? And what can be done by institutions as well as medical personnel individually to you know, curb this figure? Yeah, um, infant mortality rate, definitely what it is is, is the number of infants that die before the age of one year. And this is something which is infant and neonatal mortality is something which occurs more, about 99% occurs in developing countries. And there are a lot of environmental and social barriers which actually prevent access to basic medical resources in Cameroon, where we have, like, women not, for example, women not attending antenatal consultation, women not actually giving priority to their health and that of their children, except it is at a very um, critical devastating phase. situation or yeah, that is very critical state. So normally, this, this decrease, we can account it for the fact that in due to the crisis in the northwest and southwest that led to a massive displacement of the population going to different regions the living conditions are not really healthy and many people lost in their daily source of income so given and coupled with the covid19 pandemic with the shutdowns and all of that many people have actually not given priorities to their health but with the moderate reduction in the crisis and also with the decrease in the number of COVID-19 cases and the pandemic in general, it has led to at least many people getting back their stand and with the shutdown, places are open and some also getting back their daily source of income. And with this, we can see that and with also with the COVID-19, now many people have become more of we can say more have uh give, have more educated because they are getting used to the technology to the TV people watch people read more these days and we think right. they have become more educated so I think another reason for the drop in the neonatal mortality and what I would like to say is that the main causes of this neonatal and infant mortality is infection complications from premature birth that 
births occurring before 37 completed weeks of pregnancy, birth asphyxia, that complications occurring during delivery, and congenital abnormalities. So with infection, if you can reach the hospital earlier, and with premature, premature delivery, if we can target antenatal consultation where danger signs are early, uh, identified early and management taken early. So with all the, if these women are more educated, if the population is more sensitized, more educated on these causes of neonatal and infant mortality, I think it's a way, uh, it's a step, it's a huge step in order to curb this infant and neonatal mortality in Cameroon and also in this less developed country like in Africa. I've had a few medical personnels and, and professionals on this podcast and they've talked about health-related issues. But one, one thing that really makes neonatal issues stand out amongst the others is, you know, the fragility of, of this particular condition. Because those who suffer it are primarily unable to help themselves unless they are helped by, by parents or by caretakers. And, and so it really puts, you know, neonatal issues in the spotlight where we don't, you know, we cannot possibly or necessarily give out information on the sufferers because they themselves are unable to help themselves. So you are you intend to run a community health project, you know, in collaboration with Open Dreams. And the main aim of this project is to curb maternal and neonatal mortality within some key areas of the Northwest region. So I'd like you to highlight for us what key thematic issues that you really want to address with this particular community health project. And um, equally, what you intend to accomplish um, with this project yeah the the project actually is is a project especially in the northwest region where we have the socio-political crisis and there are areas these remote areas which are far to reach because of the insecurity at that level now due to the the massive displacement many we can say many health personnel have also displaced themselves so it's not just the indigenous of this or of these communities but also health personnel who are working they have displaced themselves so with this pro- with this project we actually want to target antenatal consultation why because as a member of the neonatal and maternal death audit committee in the regional hospital bamenda which is the main referral hospital in the northwest region, and where most of the maternal deaths and neonatal deaths usually occur. About 80% of these deaths are due to late are referred cases and are usually due to late arrival at the hospital, wherever they are, be it at the far to reach community, they are always late to even reach the nearest health facilities in that area. And once you want to talk to ask the question if they had even been going for antenatal consultation, you see that majority of them were not even attending antenatal consultation. 
Right. So by right. the time they want to reach the health, yeah, it's, it's already critical. It's already too late. So most of the times you see that the mother lost her life, and before they want to do even a post-mortem cesarean section to save the baby, at times it's even already late where the baby also died. So it, it leads to the fact that, and even if they tend to deliver prematurely at those far-to-reach communities, before they have to transfer the baby to a well, a well-equipped neonatal unit, Mm-hmm. It's also maybe too late by the time they reach they are already filled with infections and it's really too late to manage those kind of cases. So if we can target adequate antenatal consultation by all women, it's going to be very, very important. I think we're going to target the main part because if women are educated on the complications they can have, the danger signs they can have during pregnancy, you know wait less be very let's be curious once you have for example a headache just a light headache you just go to the hospital immediately those are signs of for example preeclampsia which you might not know high blood pressure in pregnancy so once you go if it's checked and it's very high they start medication immediately so we see these are danger signs if women don't know and when and now with this massive displacement of even health personnel, I think the ones which are coming there, maybe they are not well-trained, they have not had experience. So we have to do what we call, we train them, mm-hmm. and we have them empower other people in this area community. That's what the project is all about. Amazing, so we amazing. have to target key areas with high, high number of those maternal mortalities, because for now, Maybe in the long run, we're going to target all the other regions. But we have just chosen two regions, two areas which are highly, which we have had many of the cases we fed from there. So we think there is a problem there and it needs to be tackled. So we we'll go there and we train two health staff working at the maternity unit and two community health workers who take from those areas. Then we train them and we empower them such that when they go back to their communities, they empower the other health personnel there. And these community workers now will be able to identify women, high-risk pregnant or pregnant women. They'll just identify them high-risk and refer them to nearby health facilities such that we have immediate management of, of cases. Right. So from here, we're going to have campaigns yeah, at the various at the various places, we'll have campaigns where we're going to do free screening of all these complications. For example, malaria, which can cause a woman to lose her baby, can even cause her to have preterm delivery, and if not managed well, she can even lose her life. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do screening for malaria, urinary tract infection, preeclampsia, eclampsia, such that when we identify high-risk pregnant women, we refer them immediately. We start knowing that these women need special care at once before they start reaching nine months. So through this, I think we're going to have, at the end, we're going to have more personnel who have been trained on adequate antenatal consultation, adequate management of high-risk pregnancy, and also women educated on the danger signs of, of pregnancy in this far-to-reach community. Yeah, what I what I really see, 
what I really see here is a proactive approach um, to handling problems. And, you know, like the old adage goes, prevention is better than cure. When you bring, you know, a proactive approach into, into in a, something that is this fragile and this unique, um, it, it really, you know, enables us to solve the problem before it even comes up. And as such, we can save lives, we can bring down the new, the, the, the uh, neonatal mortality rate and uh, create a lot of dreams, The birthplace of dreams Open dreams The best place to be For action and watch We will fight till We will make it big Here at Open Dreams open So we, we are gradually coming to the end of our conversation um, and, and for me this has been quite a rich session without like us look at the bigger picture, you know, when it comes to your your vision for for the open names community and, and for Cameroon, you know, more broadly when it comes to maternal and neonatal mortality. So what are your prospects and what is your vision for the open names community and, and for the country with regards to this subject? Yeah, my my vision for open names and Cameroon with regards to maternal and neonatal mortality is to ensure that women receive quality and early access to reproductive health services as early as possible despite their background wherever you are and despite your community your social standards and your maybe your financial capability so with this i think this goes to to help like in cameroon for the vision of Cameroon is the universal health coverage to actually make it, to ensure that this is actually put in place. That's, that's what I hope for Cameroon because with the universal health coverage, these women, children have early and equal access to reproductive health services. And through the open things, we can help with education, with sensitization, and also with with the um, promotion of health through education and health talk. Right. One one thing that the Open Dreams community really um should I say doubles down on and has as one of their key and primary visions is to enable access to education for um high achieving but low income students and really morphing morphing a vision like this with what. Open Dreams is currently on or with the path that Open Dreams is currently taking. Um, it, it's quite noble and good luck with um with your vision and your mission um, with regards to maternal and neonatal mortality. And I would, I would like us to really see, can, can you tell us a little bit about how the Open Dreams Network has been able to support you uh, and elevated your career and your experience in, in, in the past years? Yeah, I, I always go with this statement with Open Dreams. That's my own statement for Open Dreams. I know that Open Dreams is a place of positive mindset and action where you are not only motivated to dream big, but you are mentored to realize those dreams and become a full version of yourself. I can just summarize Open Dreams as that because it has helped me from the beginning of her pregnancy with Daniela. I have to meet with mentors from Open Dreams and through them, they actually opened my mind and made me where I am today. And I believe that I'm still going for high. I'm still 
dreaming big because I still have more things to acquire. And through this open dream, I think I will get there. So open dreams has been that helped me realize myself and become a true version of myself. As as an open dream scholar and program facilitator, I could not agree more. That's absolutely spot on. Um, you know, one tradition that we have here at Open Dreams Podcast, usually towards the end, is that we give our guests who are of course seasoned in experience the opportunity to share and to give some counsel to the general listener. So the counsel could be from any aspect of life. It could be from, you know, any discipline. But we'd just like you to advise, to motivate, and to counsel the listener at this moment. We are listening to you. Yes. One thing I'll say, like an advice, especially to young people, is that you have that pot- potential in you, but you need to make yourself available to reach that potential. And making yourself available means you are willing to learn you are willing to make the sacrifices. You're willing to bend down and do the work and get the impact you want or be the best person you want to be. So, and through open dreams, I think this is the place where you can get that impact. And they have a variety of people. They have people from different areas of life. So, it, don't, it doesn't matter where you are. You just have to start from that point where you are and you get to where you want to be. It must not be at the perfect time. Don't wait for the perfect time. Just join. Just meet the right person and you definitely reach where you have to reach. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dr. Nuela. Yesterday, I was having a discussion with with um, Christina and, and we really talked about how Open Dreams is more than just an organization. It's really a family. And from what you've shared, from from the experience and the passion that you've been able to dissipate to, to our listeners and to us today, we can clearly see that. Thank you very much for coming as a guest on today's episode of Open Dreams Podcast. We were very, very delighted to have you. Thank you very much. And it was my honor to be here. Thank you, dear listeners, and welcome to the end of this particular episode of episode of the Open Dreams Podcast. With us today, we had Dr. Guanyama Nuela, who is uh, very seasoned and a very prolific and proficient uh, medical personnel. She's a medical doctor. She's the founder and president of Talk Pregnancy with Dr. Nuela, and she's equally a gender-based violence expert. Her experience in GBV has seen her, uh, you know, go to several lengths, and her engagement with the Open Dreams Network, with scholars and mentees, has been able to create a lot of impact in the community. If you would like to connect with her, you can just find her on LinkedIn, um, as well as other social media platforms. Her information is going to be down in the description below and uh, connect with her, learn from her and network with her. Until then, see you.